Welcome to this sermon podcast from Myo Baptist Church, and thank you for listening to today's message. We pray that God's Word will be an encouragement to you and a reminder that the Bible has all the answers to living a successful and fulfilled life. Again, thanks for listening. We now join the service in progress. Very important topic, and you ladies, you... Listen as well and encourage your husbands, encourage your sons who are dads to to be the best dad that they can be. I I feel so privileged that uh, my three children love the Lord or in church. My two sons, Jeremy, he pastors a church in Dalhart, Texas, and Matt is pastoring a brand new church in Lodi, Wisconsin, and my daughter Erin is down and attends church faithfully in Greenville, South Carolina. And I feel very blessed that they are also raising my grandchildren in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. And I give credit totally to the Lord and His Word. My, my children are not serving the Lord today because I'm a pastor. You know what? I know lots of pastors whose children are not serving the Lord. I give credit to the Lord in his word. I give credit to the fact that Sharon and I, when we were young, we went to a church that that emphasized the role of of, of the dad and the mom and the following biblical principles. And we haven't been perfect, and we'd be the first to admit that. But we have tried to follow and apply what we were taught in church. And it has paid great dividends. So I hope you dads will listen carefully this morning. We're talking about how to be a good father. And we're going to start in Ephesians chapter 6, verse number 4, that addresses that specifically. And it says, And ye fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. That verse tells us a very important principle, dads. You are pivotal as to how those children are going to turn out. Your influence will either promote them to anger or will promote them to godliness. And no dad in this room is exempt. You say, well, no, I'm just going to back off and not be involved. Well, that's going to affect them. Very important to understand the role of fatherhood. Most of you in this church know of Mark and Mike Herbster. They traveled in evangelism for a number of years, and they came and they preached at our church here, and they sang here. Uh, Mark now is involved with Maranatha Baptist College. Uh, Mike runs a Christian camp down in Louisiana, and their brother Matt runs a Christian camp uh, down in North Carolina. These are three exceptional young men. And I mean, they are a blessing. You know that they are young men of Christian character, and they are married to godly women, and they are raising wonderful children. A number of years ago, their dad, who was pastor of a large church in Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri, a very large church, their dad was embroiled in some sort of controversy. And the church, as I understand it, was very supportive, but Critics outside of the church were casting accusations at their dad, Carl Herbster. I know him. I don't know him well, but I I know Brother Herbster. 
And I had heard through the rumor mill some of the accusations toward him. And I know that that burdened Mark and, and Mike and, and Matt terribly. And I remember that there was one Sunday, or when they were here, Mark and Mike were here for a meeting. They were in my office, and we're just, you know, talking and, and visiting with one another. And the topic of their dad came up, and you could tell they were quick to, to, to the defense of, the, of their dad. And I said, look, guys, I said, I just heard stories, rumors. I, I really don't even know what the controversy is about. I said, it doesn't involve me. I really don't care. I said, but I do know this. I said, I do know. And this is not knowing their dad personally, okay? I said, I do know this about your dad. He's a good man. Because a bad man could not produce three sons like this. It would be impossible. No way. I said, the testimony of you two and your brother down in North Carolina tells me, reassures me, convinces me that your dad is a good man. And I think that that has indeed uh, been proven true. We want to help you dads today to be good fathers. What is a good father? Well, based on the verse behind me, we can conclude this, because I think it's important to define what a good father is. Because if we were to ask various dads in this room, we might get various opinions, and that would be fine. But the only opinion that really matters, and that ought to matter to us, is what the Lord describes as a good father. And based on Ephesians chapter 6, number, uh, verse number 4, I think we can conclude that a good father is a father who wholeheartedly accepts his God-given role and responsibility to raise his children in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. I think we can also go on to say that a good father understands he must be proactive and involved in the rearing of his children if they are to grow up to be guided by virtue rather than vice. Again, look at the verse. It's on the screen behind me. And ye fathers, speaking specifically to dads, men who bring children into this world, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. This verse clearly teaches that fathers have a choice. They can either provoke their children to wrath, and one commentator says about that, in the pagan world of Paul's day, and even in many Jewish households, most fathers ruled their families with rigid and domineering authority. The apostle, or excuse me, the desires and welfare of wives and children were seldom considered. The apostle makes clear that a Christian father's authority over his children does not allow for unreasonable demands and strictures that might drive his children to anger, despair, and resentment. What he is saying there is that some men through neglect or some men through heavy-handedness drive their children away from the Lord and does not cause them to grow a love for the Lord. That's what it means to provoke your children to wrath. But they also, dads, you have another option there in that... Ver I'm going to get 
I don't know if I'm going to go a thousand years forward or a thousand years back. If I get in this machine, don't mess with any of that stuff over there, okay? They can bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Here's another quote concerning that. This cause, dads, dads, for systematic discipline and instruction, which brings children to respect the commands of the Lord as the foundation for all of life, godliness, and blessing. Those are your choices, Dad. You can be distant, uninvolved, or you can be mean-spirited and heavy-handed. Understanding this, a father should become very proactive in the education and in the discipline of his children. Dads should not be distant. Dads should not be preoccupied with other things. He, you should not be intimidated by the thought that you have that kind of influence. You should be glad to assume that responsibility. And dads, you're not to relinquish those responsibilities to anyone else. Instead, dads, you understand your responsibility. You embrace your role as the primary teacher in your child's life. You demonstrate a determination to raise your children in the nurture and admonition of the Lord. You don't leave it to chance. And you realize that you have no greater responsibility in your life. Yes, it requires a lot of prayer, a lot of Bible study, a lot of going to God for guidance and wisdom as you invest a lot of time in your children. But nothing in this life will pay a greater dividend for the time and the effort, the blood, sweat, and tears that go into raising children. Nothing will pay a greater dividend. Proverbs 22.6 says, Train up a child, dads, in the way he should go. Don't leave it to chance. Don't follow the philosophy of today. Let them find their own way. Let them choose their own path. How's that working for people? No, train up a child in the way he should go. And dads, you got to know that way. And the reward is when he is old, he will not depart from it. We need to understand something basic about life, dads. Number one, children are born with a sin nature and a propensity to gravitate to a lifestyle dominated by sin and its accompanying heartaches, grief, pain, and regrets. You know, you don't have... There's a propensity. We are born sinners. We are born with that propensity to sin. No parent has to teach their children, you know what, kids? You're not being nearly selfish enough. Now, come on. I want to see more selfishness in this family. No, that's just there. What do you have to do? You have to teach kindness. You have to teach them to share. So dads, understand this fundamental truth that children are born with this propensity to, to gravitate towards that which is going to hurt them and their testimony. Number two, parents are to recognize this propensity. You recognize that, you understand that. And therefore, apply discipline. 
You, you be examples of and teach biblical principles that prevent that acquiescence or that gravitating to that propensity. You, you recognize it. You know their human nature. You know their sinful nature. So you bring into play on purpose and intentionally discipline and love and teaching that will prevent them from going in the wrong direction and encourage your children to go in the right direction. And then thirdly, the noble efforts of parents to guide their children away from vice and towards virtue will be rewarded with children who accept Christ follow his example, and become adults guided by virtue rather than by vice. Dads, it's not that some families are lucky and some families are not lucky. It isn't that at all. It's that some dads understand their role and appreciate their role and look to God and his word to guide them in their child rearing, and some dads are clueless. And they really think, well, it's not, it doesn't matter what I'm going to do. They're going to grow up to be who they're going to be. That is, you're, like I preached the other day, you're believing a lie if you believe that. You're believing a lie. I like this quote. There is only one right way, God's way, the way of life. That way is specified in great detail in Proverbs since it is axiomatic that early training secures lifelong habits. Parents must insist on this way. Teaching God's word and enforcing it with loving discipline consistently throughout the child's upbringing. And that's where dads come into play. Dads, you understand their sin nature of the children. You understand their propensity to gravitate towards bigger sins, more tempting sins as they get older. You understand that. So you intentionally and on purpose put into play teaching and discipline and a loving atmosphere that will lead them away from that life of sin and it getting worse and worse as they get older and older towards them understanding the truths about life, understanding the dangers of sin, understanding the blessings of purity and holiness, and you encourage them down that path. Say, Pastor, how do I do that? Well, I'm glad you asked that question. We're going to look in the book of Proverbs. In the book of Proverbs, it gives us some very practical instructions. Now, there's, we could spend months on the topic of dads and how to influence your children properly. We're going to spend just a few minutes this morning just looking at three different Proverbs. Dads, I think these three are like foundational. If you, if you get these three, you're on your way to making your children a source of great joy to you and great pride someday. I don't know of anything that brings a parent more joy than a child that grows up and isn't in sin, isn't in drugs, isn't in alcohol. A a, a man or a woman that's admired by their family and friends, that's raising your grandchildren godly, there's no source of greater joy in this world than having children like that But sadly, there's no greater pain than the parent of a wayward child. So start while you can, dads, and learn the principles of God's word and be very, very involved in the discipline, the training, and the upbringing of your children. Three things real quick this morning. Number one, 
A good father can train up a child in the way he should go by modeling a life of integrity. Model for them a life of integrity. Proverbs 27 says it clearly. The just man walketh in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. The just man walketh in his integrity. What does this mean? Here's a quote. Talking about that verse. Here is a man with a clean conscience who guides all his affairs with discretion of God's word. He's blameless before God and men by confessing his sins. In other words, he's not perfect. Dad, we're not talking about being perfect. But when you do mess up, you confess those sins, making proper amends for them. His affections are set on heaven above. He crucifies his sinful lust with Christ. He trembles at the word of God and humbly walks with his God. That is a just man that walketh in his integrity. Kids learn so much more from what they see. They need to see you walking in your integrity. And I can say concerning my dad, I watched a man walk in his integrity and model that before me. And whatever good I have in this life, whatever good I am, I owe to the Lord, and I owe it to the Lord's influence on my dad to be the kind of man that he was. Being a good father is, is, is all about setting an example, living it before them. An example that your children will appreciate That your children will know that's the best way. And an example that they will want to emulate. Some practical words here. A man of integrity, number one, is a truthful man. Your kids don't know that you lied to them when you said, tomorrow we're going to go blackberry picking. And they're all excited about blackberry picking. And then tomorrow comes, well, no, I changed my mind. They don't don't hear you call into work, you know, when when you want to go hunting and they hear dad on the phone say, I'm sorry, I can't come into work tomorrow. I I, I got a bad cold. And then you hang up, I'm going hunting tomorrow. Your kids would never see or hear anything like that. A man of integrity is truthful. A man of integrity is dependable. A man of integrity is a moral man. A man of integrity is a respectful man. A man of integrity isn't lazy. He's an industrious man. A man of integrity is transparent. He's not putting on a front. He's not trying to be a show-off, not trying to be something he's not. He's very open. He's very transparent. And when he messes up, he tells his kids, kids, I'm sorry, forgive Dad. You know, I lost my temper. You know, I shouldn't have done that. He's transparent. A man of integrity is grateful. A man of integrity is going to bow his head at the head of the table, the kids on either side, and thank the Lord for the meal and thank the Lord for his blessings. The Bible is very clear. The just man walketh in his, his integrity, and his children are blessed after him. You don't have to be perfect. You're not going to be perfect. But you can choose to be better than you've been. You can choose to grow in grace and grow to be that man of integrity. I like this quote from Charles Spurgeon. A man's life is always more forcible than his speech. When men take stock of him, they reckon his deeds as dollars and his words as pennies. If his life and doctrine disagree, the mass of onlookers accept his practice and reject his preaching. 
In other words, how we are living our life before our children matters. We are teaching valuable lessons every single day. And those little eyes and those little ears are looking and listening. And we're not describing a man that you cannot be. The Bible doesn't frustrate you. You can be a man of integrity. It doesn't say you've got to be a perfect man. You're going to make mistakes. But men of integrity, when they make mistakes, they own up to them, and they fix them, and they learn from them, and they grow, and they mature. A good father can train up a child in the way he should go by modeling a life of integrity. Number two, dads. A good father can train up a child in the way he should go through teaching his child biblical principles. Proverbs 4.1, Dad says, Hear ye children the instruction of a father, and attend to no understanding. The implication there is that fathers are teaching. You're looking for teachable moments all the time. We're not, I don't think the Bible here is talking about sitting them down in a classroom formal situation, but just using life as a classroom for your children. And you're in Walmart and your kids are with you and you see this child over here just yelling and screaming and on the floor throwing a fit. There's a teachable moment. Kids, did you see that? Did you see how silly that child looked? Did you see how out of control that child? You don't want to ever be like that. You're, you're just looking for teachable moments all the time. Whereas some dads are just hooked on hunting and fishing and, you know, having their way. And they're clueless. Those poor little children grow up, guess what? Clueless. As at some point in time, dads, when you realize you got a great privilege and responsibility of teaching those children. What does this mean? Hear ye children the instruction of a father. One writer says concerning this, Why should the father be anxious to instruct and direct the son? Because he has seen more of life, more of its mystery, It's peril, it's tragedy. Therefore, his heart yearns to preserve the young from danger. The father's position is one of moral dignity and supreme benevolence. Having suffered himself, he would save his children from pain. So he is constantly looking for those teachable moments. He is proactive in his teaching. Some practical thoughts here. A good father teaches his children about God. You got your little boy or your girl out hunting or fishing with you, and you're pointing out God's creation, and you're telling them, you know what, there's no way this just happened by accident. For there to be a creation, there's got to be a creator. And your kids are going, wow. They they will never forget that. A good father teaches his children about integrity. A good father teaches his children about humility. A good father teaches his children about responsibility. He teaches them. He's not yelling and screaming and flying off the handle. We'll get to that in just a second. A good father teaches his children about self-control. A good father teaches his children about respect. And I think this one says a lot. A good father teaches his children how to shake hands. That in itself says a lot. Just a father teaching his son and daughter how to shake hands. One person said, one father is more than a hundred schoolmasters. 
the number one teacher in your children's lives will be you as parents and possibly the dad even more than the mom. I, you know, they're both important. But I'm just emphasizing to you dads today that there's, there's no one more important. Maybe mom is equally as important, but there's no one more important. You are going to be the number one teacher. Whatever school they go to, whatever Sunday school class they're in or not in, whoever is involved in their lives, I can assure you dads, you will have, for better or for worse, you will be the number one influence in their life. And then lastly, number three, a good father can train up a child in the way he should go when he administers appropriate biblical discipline. That's politically incorrect today, but if you want to be biblically correct, you will administer proper, appropriate biblical discipline. The Bible's very clear. He dad, that spareth his rod, hateth his dad, son. But he that loveth him, chasteneth him betimes. In other words, chasteneth means to discipline. What does that mean? Here's a quote. One who has genuine affection for his child, but withholds corporal punishment, will produce the same kind of child as a parent who hates his offspring. That's what that verse is teaching us. If you don't discipline your children properly, if you're not actively involved on purpose, then if you don't handle that right, you're really, according to Scripture, no different than someone who hates his children. So some practical steps here. Being a good father means that you're going to administer discipline in a loving and, I must emphasize, appropriate way. Number one, a good father does not leave child-rearing and discipline to mom. Mom is involved, dad is involved, but dad is involved. Number two, a good father never disciplines in anger. You never, I I see it, I've seen it, where dads just get mad and rip off the belt, and in anger they're just waylaying a child. Never, you never discipline a child in anger. Number three, a good father makes sure the child understands why why he or she is being disciplined. If you're going to discipline them, it is incredibly important that they know why they're being disciplined because they're to learn a lesson so as not to repeat the the bad or dangerous behavior. A good father explains the spiritual need for discipline. A good father gives appropriate discipline. A good father allows time for the child to meditate on the discipline. Okay? I would take one of our children to his or her room and administer discipline. Then I would let them think about it for a while. Then I'd come back later and sit down with them, which leads us to number seven. A good father concludes with a reassurance of love, prayer, and a hug. That's how the discipline ends, with love, prayer, and a hug. Hey, you know I love you, buddy. I really hated to discipline you. You know, I, I love you. I love you, Dad. I remember my dad coming to my room. I just start crying. He didn't have to spank me. At least that's what I was hoping the conclusion would be. But, <laughs> but he did. This quote, the man who gravely tells his child what is wrong, and if the wrong is repeated, sternly chastens him, that man really loves his child. And listen to this. And sacrifices his own ease for the child's highest good. For some of you, that's a new way of thinking about 
discipline. So, what have we learned this morning? Number one, a good father can train up a child in the way he should go by modeling a life of integrity. You have that assurance from Scripture. A good father can train up a child in the way he should go through teaching his child biblical principles. That's very, you promise that by Scripture. And a good father can train up a child in the way he should go when he administers appropriate biblical discipline. That is so important, folks. And dads, whether you had a bad upbringing yourself, whether your dad was a good dad or a bad dad, even though maybe you haven't had formal training, regardless, you can be a great dad. Because, listen, this quote is is very convicting. If you bungle raising your children, I don't think whatever else you do matters very much. Dads, you got one shot. If you blow it, it doesn't matter that you got that 10-point buck or that huge bass hanging on your wall or that you're driving the fanciest car or living in the biggest house. Let me tell you, nothing substitutes or gives grace when you have a child that's breaking your heart. And dads, again, I want to close by saying this. You can do it. Regardless of your educational level, doesn't matter. Doesn't matter you never graduated high school. You can be a good dad. It doesn't matter your, your personality. Some dads are very gregarious and outgoing and tell all the jokes, and other dads are more mild and meek. Look, wherever you are on that spectrum, doesn't matter. You can be a good dad. You don't have to have a certain income level to be a good dad. You know, whether you make a good living or whether you're just working as hard as you can to put shoes on, their, on those little feet, you can be a good dad. Ephesians 6, 4, And you fathers, provoke not your children to wrath, but bring them up in the nurture and the admonition of the Lord. Dads, don't take that as a burdensome responsibility. Take that as an awesome opportunity. Because that tells you that it's not left up to chance. It's not left up to luck, good or bad. It tells you you can have an influence on your children that rather than growing up angry at the world... They grow up nurtured by God, looking to God for nurture, uh, being pleased with God, appreciating God. I mean, that, that should be encouraging to you. Yes, it's, a, it's an awesome responsibility, but it's an awesome responsibility that has a huge, huge payday. It is worth the time, the effort, the sacrifice, the blood, the sweat, and the tears. It is not whether or not you're going to be lucky as parents. It's whether or not you're going to be obedient as parents. If you are obedient as parents, the Bible says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. There may be bumps in the road along the way. That's part of it. That's why you've got to have parents that are steady in charge. But dads, let me end by saying this. You don't have to have a certain income. You don't have to have a certain educational level. You don't have to have a certain personality. You can be a great dad if you will do your best. And we'll fail sometimes. I've failed to live with integrity. And then look all the time for teaching moments 
you're teaching those kids that you love, putting your arm around them and say, here, here's a lesson to learn here. And then discipline. If you love them, you are going to forsake being at ease because it's not fun disciplining. But you love them enough that you're willing to be uncomfortable in the discipline for their sake. Thank you for listening to today's message. We hope that the service was a blessing to you and that you were encouraged by God's Word. If you have any questions about Mile Baptist Church, please contact us anytime. You can find contact information on our website at myobaptistchurch.com. Thanks for listening.